Welcome to Conversations with the Black Girl Blogger podcast, where you will hear amazing human interest stories from everyday people. They will inspire you, they will encourage you, and they will help you to overcome all of what you are going through in your life. I am your host, Aisha Morgan, and let's meet today's guest. All right, so today we are here with my very good friend, Tabitha. And we're going to be talking about a couple of topics today. Um, I know Tabitha from high school. I wanted her to come on um, the show today to kind of talk about some of the things that are going on in her life. So I'm going to let Tabitha introduce herself and then we're going to get right into our topic. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Tabitha. I'm 43. I'm a single mom of a pretty cool son with uh, who happens to be on the autism spectrum. So I guess that's why I'm here. All right. So today we are going to be talking about um, raising a child with special needs, specifically as a single parent. So I know that there are lots of people out there. You either may know someone or have a family member, or your own child um, who is on the autism spectrum. And if you have been listening to any of my podcasts or read my blog, you know that my background um, is education, specifically uh, focused on children on the autism spectrum. So I'm glad that Tabitha is here to kind of get the other side and the other perspective. So... Tabitha, why don't you tell me, how did you find out or know that your son was on the autism spectrum? So uh, early on, he was about uh, two. We went for his two-year-old checkup and his pediatrician, who is a wonderful doctor, by the way, was asking me about some developmental milestones and his talking or lack thereof. And, um, and I explained to her, you know, he really hasn't said a whole lot in quite some time at that time. It had been like a few months and I not knowing what it was, you know, I wasn't alarmed because, you know, this is my only child. So I had no other reference point. So, I rely on the experts, and she let me know at that point that I might want to look into early intervention uh, just to see if we can uh, work on, you know, some some of his uh, language barriers. Okay, so before this point, had he been talking or making any sounds or anything, or was this, like, pretty consistent? He had been talking. He was, a, uh, I think, an early talker. Uh, Channing was about... One, maybe a little younger than one, and he would always be like, hello, thank you, you're welcome, um, especially uh, if, you know, you were interacting with him um, in that way. Especially, uh, I remember one time my brother came home to visit, and they were just back and forth, you're welcome, thank you, you're welcome, thank you. But um, the last thing I remember him saying clearly, I had taken him out of a bath and he looked at me and he said, I'm cold. And really, that's probably the last thing he said. Okay. So how explain the process of early intervention. So um, first, it's very important that parents do their 
checkups for their children according to the schedule. So if, you know, you have your three-month appointment, your six-month appointment, so you, you got to stick to the schedule. And I think that's why um, I was able to uh, get ahead of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, with uh, getting the early intervention. So that's the first part. You need to go see your child's pediatrician and talk about the developmental milestones because in some instances you may need a referral or some type of prescription to give to an early intervention provider. So in this instance, I did need that. So she did give us a referral uh, for early intervention and we actually got hooked up through uh, the local hospital system here Okay, where um, a speech therapist and an occupational therapist came out to the home. And that was like the best thing about early intervention is that it was in his surrounding, around his things, around the people he knew and it was it was a nice easy process good yeah i love early intervention i know a lot of people who um are providers for early intervention um and actually prefer it because of that like the kids are in their own surroundings you get more out of them when they're exactly. comfortable yeah when they're comfortable yes so how do you feel early intervention um helped him or do you do you even feel that it helped him when he was going? I do feel that it helps him in a, a couple of ways. So it helped me recognize some things that I should be looking for as far as like making sure I'm making eye contact, but I'm also receiving eye contact. Um, being verbal myself instead of just going through the motions with him, saying everything that I'm doing, um, because, you know, him hearing language helps him with his own language. So that was very helpful, just taking ordinary little things and trying to make them into something he could learn about that he want to talk about or be excited about. So it, it was very helpful. And just the simple things that we could do that can turn into like a, a way to get language from him, like a puzzle or blowing bubbles. That was like one of the first things he said in early intervention was bubbles. And so blowing bubbles all the time, he bubbles, bubbles. I'm like, great. So that was like a jumping point to get more language out of him. So early intervention was definitely worth it. Yes. And I think that um, everything that you said is spot on. Like I know there are people who, this is, we're not talking about vaccines. We're not talking about any of that. We're talking about going to your doctor so that your doctor can see how your child is developing. Absolutely. Um, and it is important that when they say, okay, we'll see you at your next appointment, that you schedule it because, especially when you are a parent of a single child, meaning like you only have one child, you tend to do things for them. And you don't realize that you're doing it, including talking for them. Exactly. And yes. Yeah. And so you don't really realize it. Even kids that have older siblings, um, sometimes the sibling talks for them. And so you don't really pay attention to the fact that they're not doing things that they should be doing because everybody else is doing it for them. Um, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so when you go to your doctor and they ask you these questions, it really does make you think like, wait, does he ask for something to drink or do we just give him something to drink? 
Like, does he ask to go to the bathroom or do we just take him because we feel like he hasn't gone in a while? So it is very important, um, as Tabitha said, to make sure that you are going through those checkups. Um, and so after early intervention, uh, what was the next step in his process? So once early intervention was completed, uh, meaning he aged out of early intervention, which is three here where we live. Um, he was eligible to attend preschool in our local school district. So um, early intervention helped us through the process of getting him enrolled in preschool. Um, he uh, had an IEP meeting, met with the uh, school district social worker who came out to the house. Like everything is made for the convenience of the family. Mm -hmm. Folks actually came to you. You didn't have to do all this traveling to find resources or find whom you need to talk to, which was fantastic. So we got him into preschool. So when he turned three, it was April. So here in New Jersey, school ends in May. So he only had about a month and a half maybe of school. Uh, He um, attended school around the corner. And uh, so another program they had was a um, extended school year program. And initially, students who first come in aren't eligible for the early extended school year program, excuse me. But, uh, you know, as a parent, you have to be like, ask the question, why? Why isn't he eligible? How do you go to school for a month and a half, then off for three months and expect to carry that learning over the summer? You know, there's always like a learning loss, even when we went to school, you know, went back to school. Like, I don't remember how to do algebra. So, you know, I had to advocate for my son that this is something that he needed. He needed to be in this extended school year program. He's still learning how to go to school. He's still learning what that is. And I didn't want him to have to start all over in September. So that's where uh, we went after early intervention was that extended school year program. Okay. So just um, two things I wanted to point out. So Tabitha talked about him having an IEP meeting. Um, That is an individualized education plan. And what it is, is a group of people who are all um, a part of his team. So it would be Tabitha and his teacher, um, a social worker. It could be the principal of the school. It could be the uh, school psychologist. It could be a variety of people in this meeting. And during the meeting, you are discussing what are the goals that you would like for your child to achieve by a certain point. And the goal is that everyone in the meeting, the team come up with a consensus of what they're going to um, do for him that year. And then the following year. Um, One of the other things that I want to point out is Tabitha saying that she advocated for him to have the, the extended school year. Um, You are your kid's biggest uh, influence, but you're also their biggest advocate. And say it again. Yes. Yes. So you, there are advocates that you can go out and seek, um, who are knowledgeable of the process. But I always encourage parents to speak up as well, just because you don't know the technicalities, um, of what some of the people are talking about, you know, your kid, 
you know what they need. Um, you know what has helped them progress and you know what has helped them regress. So you want to make sure that you are on top of the paperwork. You're on top of the progress that they're making so that if you do go to these meetings or when you go to these meetings, that your voice matters. So if you have an advocate, I'm just going to tell you, they will take what they say into consideration, but you're the final say as the parent. So it is very important that you speak. Yes. Yes. That's an excellent point uh, that you mean that you're the final say you're the captain of the ship. So you need to make sure that this plan that the team is coming up with is falling in line of, you know, of your child, the child, you know, so absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And, um, you know, if you're looking for an advocate, you can always use Google. Um, there are plenty of parent groups where you can find advocates. Um, but like I said, and Tabitha said, like the parent is, has the final say, no matter who else is in the meeting, um, because you're the one that signs that paperwork. So, um, so he's in preschool did the first preschool that he went to, how did you feel about the program he was in? Did you feel he was making progress? Um, or did he move to another school? What was happening when he finally did go to school? So he started off at a school that I actually really liked. Um, I liked the, the way the, you know, the school was laid out. I loved the security, how it was set up. And I felt like his classroom was very conducive to like socialization, making friends, how to play, and also learning. Um, I mean, both are very important. And I, I kind of think one feeds off the other. So it was, it was a very good environment that I thought he was in. Uh, the teachers were excellent. They communicated with me thoroughly. Um, they let me know what was going on. So I, I loved it. Uh, so then he transitioned over to, okay. So then he transitioned over to the extended school year program. And that's usually housed at one of the, um, schools in the district and it, it stays there. Um, the first year I was like, oh. I, I don't know. I didn't know if there was too much learning going on. It seemed like it was more um, like a socially based where you're, it's just play all day. Mm -hmm. it, it didn't seem like there was a lot of um, skill based things that were occurring. But, you know, I thought it was still important for him to go to be with other children, especially since, he, you know, he's the only child. Right. Here. Mm hmm. And it, it was important that he had that continuity of, you know, I have a place to be. This is, you know, basically my job, my, you know, going to school is my job. And that was important for me. So we, uh, even though I was a little sketchy on what they had going on over there, <laughs> I still let him go because it was important that he participate in the program. Okay. So did he stay there for preschool or did he go to a different school? He actually ended up staying at that building um, for preschool um, at Delago. He was actually, since he started at three, mm -hmm. here where we live, you go to preschool until you're five. So he went three and 
four and then you know the following year when he turned five he was able to go to a different school but he did stay at the same school for the next couple years and he was in the same classroom which i thought was excellent and even more so they had the same teacher so there's this again what i like this continuity which is so important for him you know i've learned that structure and maintaining the balance and schedules it helps him so much more with the anxiety that he feels about when things are different or they change suddenly. So that was um, something I was like, wow, okay, this is pretty good. And um, just shout out to that classroom aide that he had there. She was like a knight in shining armor. She would pick up on things that I wouldn't see necessarily because we weren't together during the day. Mm-hmm. And she would share that information. Like, um, you know, Shannon, he likes to run off. I'm like, yeah, I know. I've, I've chased him quite a few times <laughs> through quite a few places. And she goes, well, you know, this is what I do. So, you know, just being able to learn, even as a, you know, his parent, being able to learn different things about him and to get their perspective they were so willing to share with me every, you know every day and again the communication was excellent note home phone calls emails it it was wonderful i don't feel like i missed a beat yeah and i will say that um as a teacher my teaching assistants here in texas they call them paraprofessionals but um the individuals in my room were like T said that they were the knight in shining armor. Like they, if they were not in my room, I don't know what I would have done. Um, yes, because I've had some who are not as receptive to following directions. And, um, but thankfully that didn't last long. And the years that I taught, um, I had the best teaching assistants, um, in my room like they were going with the flow and like you said like there were things that they knew about the kids that I didn't um definitely definitely they are so important when you have a classroom um that's so diverse yes yes and I was able to see that firsthand so a uh, shout out to Miss Fair. <laughs> 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 I also sometimes I wonder where she at right now because I can use her. Uh, yeah, we yeah. actually like here when I was here in Texas. Um, some of our paraprofessionals, which again they're teaching assistants, but they would um, like if the kid moved on and wasn't in their class, they would do babysitting for the parents and they oh. respite, respite. That's what it's called, respite. Oh, okay, okay. So the the teaching assistants would do provide respite for the parents like privately so they would go out of town because they knew that the kid knew them um and so they trusted them you know with their kids so they are very Uh, important people (laughs) yeah that sounds like an excellent service i you know i wish that was around here or i just don't know about it which is something i need to look into because yes i would have to say that you know he's entering the second grade soon but everyone that has been that he's had thus well no little exception to the rule there but <laughs> almost everyone that he's had has been just a, a godsend and yeah. just added layers to 
you know, yeah. this kid who's just becoming like this awesome little person. Yeah. And see, they provide the respite care privately. So it wasn't through a company. Oh, man. Yeah, they just kind of made, you know, had an agreement with the parents. And I had one parent who tried to, didn't try, but asked me to go to Thailand with them <laughs> um, to watch their son. I would never think. I would never think. Hey, yeah. Miss Farrah, you want to go to um, Costa Rica with us? Yeah, she, the mom was going to pay for my ticket. Um, all my expenses for me to go with her son. And I was like, I'm not going to Thailand. <laughs> like, I I mean, it was the timing was off. Um, but yeah, and she ended up finding somebody. But she was like, we tried last year and it was not a good trip. And we all want to just have a good experience. <laughs> She's like, he, he's fine on the plane. It's just when they get there. You know, the same thing you were saying about the change in schedule. Oh, yeah. He struggled. And then um, something that I found interesting, they would ship over his food before he got there because he was a picky eater. Oh. And so they would mail his snacks and any food that they couldn't get there, they would mail it over before they left. Oh, well, that, yeah, that's planning. Yeah. Yes. So they were not playing around. They were going to take that trip, whether he, <laughs> they had somebody or not. But she said they would prefer to have someone. And thankfully, they did find somebody. But Well, that's great. Yeah. That's great. And those are things that, you know, we don't think about because it's like, okay, if I'm going to Florida, I'm just going to go to Walmart or to a grocery store and find their snacks. But... If you're in another country that doesn't have it, yeah, then what are you supposed trouble. to do? Right. And then some so, foods mean, are like regional. Uh, lots of, you know, lots of parents have picky ears, but when you add the layer of um, autism on it, that's a, it's a whole different ballgame. Yes. And when you have like kids that eat things that are regional, so we have Whataburger that is not everywhere. So um, that adds another layer because it's like, what do you do if that's all they're going to eat? Um, oh, So now he's in second grade or he's going into second grade this year? He's going into, yeah, he's going to second grade. So what does your support system look like? So I know you're a single parent, um, but right now do you have family that help? Um, is his dad involved? Like, how do you, where do you find the support? So my biggest support is actually my sister. So she actually lives with us and she helps out tremendously because, you know, I have to work a necessary evil. Right. So she, she's able to help me with those things that need to be done during the day and I'm not here, um, getting Cannon on the bus, uh, making sure his shoes are on the right feet. He's got his book bag and his bus pass and give me that initial communication she might have with the bus driver or, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. So tremendous, tremendous help. And I am beyond blessed. So, because I know some people don't have that and they have to rely on maybe help that they have to pay for and that's a whole nother layer of stress but I've never had that with Chan I've always had hmm 
I've had my sister, and when Channel was younger, I, my mom actually used to watch Channel for me. But then once she started walking, she's like, "No, I'm done." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's over. Uh, so it, it actually has been um, pretty pretty good with how our lives are set up with the help we have. And then I have my other sister who comes over, and Channel just loves her beyond words, and <laughs> um, <laughs> and my. My dad is also a big help. Uh, Channon loves when he comes over to hang out for a little bit. Pop Pop has like a time limit. He can do it, <laughs> but um, the time they spend together, I know, I know Channon loves it. So, oh, that's yeah, good. I, I do have excellent help from my family. Good. So I know you have lots of nieces and nephews. Um, how were they around him? Like, are they aware? that he has autism or is it just more of like they just know he's he does things a little bit different than they would i think initially it's um their understanding was okay he just does things a little bit differently Mm -hmm. but as they like so there's like groups of nieces and nephew i got an older group and i got a younger group so the older group you know as they got older you were able to explain to them that you know Channing is on the autism spectrum, so this is why he does things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And really, the way they interact with him is, I you, you couldn't, like, script it. It's very loving and caring, but yet is genuine. Like, if he's doing something they don't like, they're going to tell him, stop, yeah. I don't like that. And these are the things that he needs. He needs you to keep it real. Mm-hmm. So, um... It, I, these kids are just like walking little help manuals for him on how to be in certain situations. And sometimes they're not. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, we went out shopping not too long ago. Uh, I'm not going to name the names of my nieces and nephews, but they know who they are. <laughs> and, um, just, you know, how they were while we were out shopping. I'm like, oh my goodness. I am so glad Channon is my child. He is so well behaved. You know, you know, him standing alone. It's like, oh my goodness, he's always done this. He's always done that. You know, but like seeing him in an environment with other children, you're like, wow, I have it really good. Yeah. So I'm like, I am not gonna complain anymore, sir. So um it's it's very important as a parent that you know you don't just stay in your bubble. Um, yes. You know what you're used to. You have to you have to integrate yourself with the world and the, not just your world, but his world too. So it's very important to be out where the people are. Yeah. So uh, that was a, it was a great day. Maybe not for <laughs> my nieces and nephews' mom, but it was a good day for us. <laughs> and I'm glad that you said that because. Um... It is very important that you don't isolate your kids because you don't want them to either um, have anxiety or you yourself, you don't want to have anxiety from them being in certain places. So whether they have special needs or not, like you have to expose them to everything that you would anyone else. Um, taking them to the movies, taking them out to eat, taking them shopping. If you take a trip, you know, they go on an airplane. Maybe you're afraid, but you have to do it. And, um, the only way that you're going to be able to learn how to cope in those situations is to be in those situations. 
and it's very yes. hard. Yeah, it's very hard. Um, but you can't worry about everyone around you. It's about yeah. your child. If people are staring and looking, then they're staring and looking. But you know yeah. that yeah. in the end, your child is going to be able to do this again and not have these behaviors, possibly not have these behaviors again. So, um, you know, screw everybody else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and that's my thing. Like, Tanning and I, we will go out for lunch together at a restaurant, not a drive-thru place. We're going to go sit down at this table, and we're going to have good table manners, and we're going to order, and we're going to sit down, we're going to have a meal. Mm-hmm. So there are some times where it's not necessarily what he wants to do, but we work through it. Yeah. Um, I have to go out and run errands. So there are times you have to come with me. And that's most of the time, actually. So, you know, these are things we, we have to do. We have to be amongst the world. And I can't keep him, you know, sheltered away. That's not healthy for him. It's not healthy for, you know, for the people who are out there. They they need to see this. This needs to be something that you recognize and are aware of as a human being. So, right. Yeah. Can't exactly. stay in the house. Exactly. So I know you talked about, um, your family helping you. How is his dad, um, with everything? Like when he found out and going forward, See, I thought I sidestepped this subject, but I did not. <laughs> so, um, okay, Lord, give me the words. It's almost like he's non-existent. Not almost. It's like he's non-existent. So, I raised Channing on my own with my family. So, how may I help you? What do you need? Okay, let's go see. So, I, you know, he, uh, I don't even know how to put this without cussing. Um, <laughs> so, yes, I, I raised Shannon on my own. Um, I don't know what his interest level in, in Channing is. I think I might be dealing with something else going on there internally with him, but it's not conducive to what I'm trying to do for my son. So I don't push it. You know, he comes sometimes like, uh, he just saw him maybe a few weeks ago after a couple of years. And that was, uh, would you may, may you help me please. Okay. <laughs> Good job. So um, he just came to visit him a few weeks ago after like uh, almost two years. It might be a little over, but yeah, almost two years. And so, uh, you know, we're doing our thing out and about because it's a Sunday. So, you know, I have to get ready for the week. Mm-hmm. We're back to work now. So I get... A text message while I'm driving. Well, my car answers the text message that I'm driving. I don't know this number. So I get another text message. Car answers again. So then I get a phone call. But guess who has my phone, as usual, watching YouTube. So um, 
when I, I pull over, you know, you, you see the message, um, you know, basically, you know, I'm, I'm here. I, I want to see Channing. And it's like little stuff like that, that irritates me. It, it just kind of feels like it diminishes what I'm trying to do for our son. Like there's no planning involved. There's no consideration shown. So I cut short what I wanted to do that day, and I turned around, and I made arrangements for him to visit. So I, I have this thing where if I feel like you don't mean me any good, you're not welcome in my home. <laughs> like, you you know, you can't come in here because I don't, I don't want you bringing, you know, your vibe up in here. I got a good vibe going. I want to keep it like that. Right. So um, I was like, look. It was a decent looking day. You can meet him in the backyard. You can play. There's all types of stuff back there. You guys can can go play. And so he's asking, you know, well, can I take him out? And I'm thinking to myself, you literally have not seen him in two years. That's like sending my child off with a stranger. It's not, not like it is sending my child off with a stranger. So, but, you know when you have court orders and things involved and you want to be flexible, you don't, you know, I don't want to dictate my son's relationship with his father, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I need to protect my son knowing that he is, you know, has autism spectrum disorder. And, you know, there's, there's a million different things going on in your mind. So trying to balance those and the, you know, in the moment is, is just, it's exhausting actually. But, um, so anyhow, I told him, you know, they could meet in the backyard and he asked me, you know, can I take him out? I'm like, look, fine. If he goes, you know, fine. So yes. Which one is this? Yes. Okay. So, um, my son goes outside in the backyard and he looks at this man and he looks at me and my son does not look happy. So he, uh, he's leaning up against the house and he takes off. And so, you know, his father's standing there looking at me. I'm like, you know, go after him. He's literally, this kid is like Carl Lewis. He's go after him. So, um, I dart back through the house, and but there's my son standing on the front porch. I guess, you know, he's like, nah, I'm not running into the street. I just, you know, I want to come back in the house. Got it, so yeah. So I let him back in, and he's, he's not happy. He's not saying a lot of words, but he's pointing, and he's kind of yelling at me. So I didn't, you know, think that as, you know, this is something I don't want to do right now. Don't make me do it. But... <sighs> It's it's just a hard thing to juggle and to balance, especially when I just feel like there's just like a like some type of disorder going on. I'm not like a psychologist, so I don't want to be diagnosing people. But when you see something, you see it, and you can't unsee it. So it's very hard, and it's probably like the worst part of doing what I'm doing is knowing who I, I don't even call it co-parenting because that's not what we're doing. It's like some type of I'm parenting and 
I don't know what this is. So, yeah, yeah I don't even know if that answered your question. I feel like I went around. No, 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 it's fine. So, okay. When was he ever in his life, like as a baby? Um, so that is another. No, I'm just straight up. No. Um, okay. So I had been pregnant before. And I actually lost that child. That child was stillborn. Okay. So when I was pregnant with Shannon, this was a high-risk pregnancy. Everything was planned to the T. So my doctors told me, you will not deliver this child, you know, the regular way. You're going to have to have a C-section. She's like, even if you're going to labor, you're going to have a C-section because you don't want the added trauma to the baby. Right. So... It's a planned C-section. This is a date I know about, and at least at this point, it had to be like two months in advance. I share this information with his father, and I'm like, okay, well, I have to go schedule myself to, you know, be a patient at the hospital, and there's these bracelets they're handing out, um, and one of the bracelets is for the other parent. I'm, you know, are you going to be there? Yeah, I'm going to be there. I'm like, okay, because... You know, I'm having a C-section. This is surgery. I'm, you know, I'm going to need help. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to be there. Was he there? No, he was not. Okay. But, you know, I called and, you know, like, hey, you know, where are you? Oh, I'm not going to be able to make it. You know, like I invited him to a cookout. No. Oh, goodness. <laughs> this is... You know, your son being born, this has been in the works. This was a planned event for the past couple of months. And so I'm like, eh, not going to make it. That was, that right there, I think, I I think mentally, I just cut, cut him out. Yeah. And I, I think it was like a survival move for me. I couldn't be thinking about what he's doing and be my son's mother. It was not going to work trying to do both things. And I chose my son that day and I've never looked back. Good. So when he found out that your son was on the spectrum, um, what was that conversation Um, like? Or does he even know? Yes, he does know. He does know. Um, Initially, what would you like me to do? Sit down. Sit down? Okay, I can do that. So, um, early on with Channing, I always told him about doctor's appointments via email. I would lay out very detailed, this is the appointment we went to, this is what happened, this is what the doctor said, this is what the doctor recommended. So, when the doctor... Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so when the doctor recommended the early intervention, this is something I, I'm telling you. So, but here's here's the thing. There's no formal diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder until about four. Okay. So even though we know something is kind of, you know, what the there's a mystery here, but we can't solve it because we don't have a name to put to it. We weren't able to put a name to it until he had um, the formal diagnosis when he was four. And that was like November of 2018 or something like that. Okay. So, so you know, so I, I shared that information and just, it's kind of like, 
you felt like he was picking and choosing what he wanted to digest and understand. Mm-hmm. So he would ask me, like, don't you think something's, you know, something's going on with him? Like, these are the things I'm telling you. I know something is going on. This is why he's in early intervention. This right. is why we go to this appointment. So these are, I don't know what it is yet. You know, I'm not a pediatrician. I'm not a, like a specialist of any sort. I'm just doing what is the best practice for my son. Mm-hmm. So this is what I'm telling you, but, um, it was, I, you know, it was, it was just weird. Like, um, you almost want to kind of blame me or make me look like I'm a derelict parent or something like that. And like, you know, I know that's the furthest thing from the truth, but when you're dealing with someone who's not based in reality is it's very hard to communicate and it was just, it's, it's just so stressful. Just, I could just think about the, the emails that I've sent him, long emails about this appointment and that appointment, and getting a response of just like, all right, or okay, or no response at all. Right. Okay. Now, does he, um, does he live near you? Because I heard you say, like, he was saying that he was in town. So, does he live anywhere near y'all? No, no. He actually lives out in the, you know, the Midwest. So, which is actually, for me, I'm very comfortable with that. But don't mock mommy. <laughs> but, um, but, um, for my son... Okay, say hi, Miss E. Say hi. Hi, Channing. <laughs> but for my son, it's yeah. it's definitely a barrier to building any type of relationship is the distance, and I understand that, and I see that. But it, it's harder for me to digest when you can see that you can make time and arrangements to do everything else you want to do right. except see him. Right. So... I don't have a lot of, um, I don't know, what do you call it, compassion or understanding for that because I, you know, I know what it takes to be here for Channing and I, you know, when you don't see that, it's it's just like, I don't, I don't have time for this. I really, really don't. So I stopped sending those emails about the long appointments. I would just basically tell him this is the appointment he went to on this day. You know, I'm not writing book reports anymore. So once I stopped this information that you really didn't seem to care about, mm-hmm. then you're now you're demanding it and you're critiquing that. Well, you're not telling me anything. You're not letting me know what's going on and you're doing this and you're not doing that. So uh, I was like, what do you want me to do? When I write you a book report, you don't even respond or acknowledge that you understand what's going on. And the one of the reasons why I know you understand what's going on, because every time you've ever come here, you always have to ask me what his allergies are. I've committed, you know, you, you would think you would commit your child's allergies that are life-threatening to memory. Like, I still remember what you're allergic to. Yeah. You know, I... You, and Just even if even you, even my, if my you don't, nephew, I know what not to serve him. His mom doesn't have to tell me he's allergic to X, Y, and Z. Yeah. This is stuff I need to know. 
And even if it's not something you memorize, you can, you have a phone, like you can write a memo. Yes. Yes, you can. This can be stored. This is information that's not, you know what I mean? Yeah. There are ways that you can, but I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know how to color it, but I've seen things like on the internet, um, I've read some, I you know, I don't know if it's clinical or not, but it's very like narcissistic Okay. that I'm, I'm dealing with. It's, it's very like narcissistic tendencies that's going on here. And, um, it's hard to, it's hard to really know which way is up when you're dealing with somebody like that. You never know when they're going to get ready to explode. You, you don't see it coming. Right. So, um, so like I said, I stopped with the book reports and he's critiquing the, you know, just the basic information stuff. So finally, like one day, you're like, director, he's asking, he's asking me, you know, well, just give me a list of his doctors and their phone numbers and I'll call them myself. I mean, maybe, I don't know if he thought he was punishing me but that was like the best thing ever <laughs> i wrote that list up so fast i gave them <laughs> phone numbers fax numbers emails here you go <laughs> thank you for freeing me because i it's like this is not something i want to waste time on i have things to do yes so um that was that was the like one of the best things ever so you know, there, there's other things where, you know, he said, I would tell him, like, you need to talk to him. You need to call him. I, I set up these apps you wanted me to set up to communicate with him, and you don't use them. So, I, you know, like I said, you don't see when the fires get ready to come. So, it's like, I don't need you to tell me when to talk to my son. I don't need your help. I'll do it on my own. Like, sir, do you remember our son has, like, um, a language delay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna need some assistance so i said okay that's freedom giving number two you don't need my help i'm gonna need you to remember you said that yeah because i'm not doing this i'm not doing this you know with my child this is not a game so he told me he didn't need my help i stopped helping i'm not gonna tell you that you should call him or talk to him. I'm I'm not going to do that. But um, so I, I don't know. Maybe it's aging and memory loss. But sure enough, can you set up something that where I could talk to him? Uh, sir, hello. <laughs> you don't want my help, remember? So, um, it, it's it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible how the goalpost is always moved. And yeah. It's just when you layer in everything else like life it's not some it's not a place you want to be so hopefully to any other parent out there you know who's doing this on their own with a child with special needs i mean hopefully your support system is strong enough that you don't have to deal with anyone like that but you know you never know yeah uh, it's the one thing that that I learned and what really brought it to the forefront for me, um, my girlfriend, um, Dara, she wrote this little workbook. It's called, it's all about the, the re, like the, like the redo, the, the remarry. It's all about the re. Mm-hmm. 
So I started working in the workbook and it really helped me focus on, you know, what's, what's the point here? Why am I doing what I do? Why do I get up and go through these motions every day? So um, it's like the first page is like, what's your why? I'm like, oh, that's easy. It's my son. This is why I go deal with criminals during, um, at my job. This is why I tolerate what I do. You know, this is why I pay taxes. It's everything comes back to, to him. So just focusing on him really has helped deal with the other parents. Yeah. When he went back to the house, like their front door and came in the house, how did his dad, his dad react to that? Uh, how did his dad react to that? Because mm-hmm. he just like, just kind of like popped on the front porch and just, he didn't try to like engage with him or to, it, there was just no trying to connect. I gave him his helmet. I was like, hey, why don't you, you know, why don't you go show, you know, go show your dad this, go show him blue, go show him your helmet. So he took, he took the helmet and he, you know, took it out there and they started playing. Oh, that's good at least. Yeah, they started playing. So I'm like, okay, great. Um, so I'm like, I'm sitting down at the table, working on my workbook, and my phone goes off. The the it's a text message. Oh, I took Shannon, and we're going to the zoo. Oh what? my goodness! <laughs> like, oh, I, you give me this information through a text message. You just started playing three minutes ago, and then you, you know, you like leaving a car, but you know, you just say a prayer and. Um, Hope everything works out. So they brought my son back in one piece. And I say they because here here's the kicker. So he hadn't seen my son in two years, but when he came, he brought his his girlfriend. It's like, oh, can my girlfriend? I'm like, fine, she's going to the backyard too. This is fine. If it's okay for you to bring yet another new person, because don't forget, you're new too. Right. Uh, another new person to uh, introduce to your son. That's fantastic that you think it's okay. So, fine, you all go in the backyard, and Chan's going to come on out. So, I guess they all went to the zoo, and he would, like, text me different things where he was taking them throughout the day. You know, fine. Um, and and he, then he brought him back, and he hasn't asked about him since. So, to me, there is there's no sincerity. There's no... I don't understand the disconnect. So I'm like, I don't know if that was a show, who was the audience. I don't know what was going on here. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So he has an iPad, my son does, and I set it up where his father could FaceTime him. And he tried maybe four or five good attempts to FaceTime him back in like 2020. Mm-hmm. That was it. That was it. I'm like, do you understand that, you know, Channing has special needs? Like, you can't do things a handful of times and think it's going to click. You have to be consistent and do it over and over and over again. Right. So don't just throw in the towel because he's not answering when you call. Did you ever think about him being, doing something? You don't ask, like, what's the best time of day to try to talk to him? 
everything is for your convenience and nothing is for Shannon's convenience. And that's just not going to work. Yeah. Have you created like kind of boundaries where it's like, okay, the only way you're going to see him is if I have advanced notice or. Well, that's actually in our court order. Okay. the court order, you know, reads that I need two weeks notice of the date that you're going to come to visit Channing. Uh, the court order reads that you're supposed to provide me an itinerary of things you're supposed to do. This judge was so detail oriented with this court order. I've never seen anything like it before. He actually uh, gave like between the ages of two and three because this is how far back it's gone between the ages of two and three your visitation is five hours each day and then three and four okay it goes up to like seven hours each day and okay. it went on and on up until a point where um canning should be able to go and visit with him out of state like at the age of eight between eight and ten Okay. But this was a, a step progression type of thing that hasn't been followed. So it kind of puts me in a bind. Well, maybe I'm within, you know, my right to prohibit some things because you're not following the order as it's detailed. But, you know, do I really feel like you're calling me names for two hours because I, I decide to follow what's been laid out for us? So right. it's just... It's just, I don't have to, it's like a I don't have to listen to what the courts are saying even though he's the reason why I went to court I, you know I was losing my life so um, I, I don't even I don't even know how to explain it there you know this this is laid out it's in black and white and you just you, you don't want to do it it's not that you can't do it obviously you can because. I don't know any airplane that takes off from an airport without an itinerary yeah. or a flight plan. So right. you're just, right. you know, jumping in something that's not scheduled. So you you know things, you know parts of what's going on. You just don't want to be held to them or you don't want to share them. And, you know, whatever. But if I stick to what I'm supposed to do, it's a problem. And... You know, again, I'm being called names and cursed at, and it's through email, which is ultimately how I, I like, look, you can't call me. <laughs> you can't text me. You're going to have to email me because I need to be able to be in a, a right frame of mind when I read this stuff because I can't be going berserk. Yeah. Um, so these emails were just, were just awful, awful. And for a time, he would like, it's almost like he would try to pull me into these extended arguments that would last for days. And then one day I was like, what am I doing? This is not what I want to do. I don't want to, I don't want to go back and forth with you. I'm here doing the work. Right. So if you want to argue, you're going to have to finish this one with yourself. I'm not participating. So when he gets into the, oh, you're insane or you're crazy or, you know, you just, um, one time he just, he would just call me boss lady through like 15 exchanges. Like, so I'm like, I, I can't do this. So when the email chain starts to get 
nasty. Yeah. I disconnect. I'm yeah. not responding. Not that I don't have things to say. Not that I, you know, like defending myself is not the most important thing right now. My peace is. Yeah, my, absolutely. My peace helps me parent and you can't ruin that. Yeah. So. I hear that. So like, oh. And that is usually the goal. To make you feel as terrible as they do. And that's I so okay. That's what I was trying to say. I think you want me to feel as awful as you do about the things you haven't done. Yeah. And so like I remember this one oh man, I was livid. So Channing's fingernails grow like wildfire. I mean they grow. So but I've learned being with him that you know you're best to cut his fingernails when they're wet you can really shape them nice and everything and it doesn't hurt most importantly it doesn't hurt because yeah. they're wet so um he had taken him for a visit this might be like at this point like three years ago and brought him back with like bruised thumbs from where he had cut his nails dry and you know how your your probably your grandma would say, you know, you cut them down to the quick. You shouldn't cut them that low. He cut my baby's nails down to the quick. I was livid because the, I feel like the only reason you did it was to point out that I didn't do it. Right. <laughs> but you don't know how it's done. So instead of you bringing it to my attention, like I think his nails are a little long, or you know, you might want to clip them. You do this to him, just disregarding that maybe you hurt him because Shannon doesn't know you. So I know he's not going to express discomfort to you because there isn't that, that, that relationship there. Right. Yeah. So he'll tell me in a quick, ow, you hurt me. Let go of me. So, um, I know he didn't do that to you. So, and your, your mission to show that I'm a bad mom you hurt my son right. and I can't let that slide. So I think that is probably the first and last time I just, I I lost it. Yeah. I lost it. You don't do that. Right. Your son is not a comp, you know, a competition piece between the two of you. Exactly. I'm like, I, I think that's what it is. I'm, he for a while he was so hung up on the fact that you know you're just a first time parent I've been doing this well that, that's fine but you haven't done this you haven't you know parented a child with special needs you don't know this child right exactly so it's I mean bravo you know you parented but I what's I now want to know what's the extent of that parenting because uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just been a a long long haul and probably the only thing that really has kept me going is watching the progress that Shannon makes. Yeah. The thing yeah, it's it's amazing. It is amazing. Like this past summer when he started writing his name first and last name and um his uh, speech therapist at the school, we would have some appointments there from time to time. Mm -hmm. So um, one day she had, well, you need to turn that down, buddy, because I can't hear Miss Isha. 
Can you turn it down? No, you can't do that either. <laughs> you did ask. Well, sit over here. Yes, I did. So, um, his speech therapist had him writing his name on a, a one of those whiteboards, mm-hmm. and I guess he didn't like the way he was doing his in. So he erased it and did it again, and she was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> so just, um, just he, I, I, there's no other way to describe it. It's just he amazes me with how far he's gone and the stuff he knows. Like he'll count with me to a hundred. Right. I'm like, oh, I thought you could only count to thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> so. It, so when I look at that and all that he does and, and all that I know he can do, mm-hmm. it just, it outshadows everything and all the crazy that comes from the other parent. Yeah. It really does. It does. So if, you know, if parents out there are like me and they're having this struggle, I mean, just look to your child, look to your children. And just stay focused on them and everything else will fall into place. Like, honestly, I think it, I think he's maybe even like pulling himself out of this scenario because it's not working for him anymore. He's not getting that satisfaction of me getting upset. Yeah. Because I think that's what it is. Like, you know, I, I like it when you're mad because, and I'm mad too, but, um, I don't think he, he's not getting that from me anymore, that energy. Mm-hmm. So it's like he, it's less and less. Like I, I could check my MySpace account and probably have more messages than I do from him <laughs> uh, regarding <laughs> what's going on with, you know, house chanting or anything like that. So yeah, I'm like, and I okay, mean, it's, it's working. So it's I, good. yeah, it's a form of control. I mean, when you, feel like you know playing with someone's emotions and you know what's going to trigger them then they they keep doing it and i used to my phrase always was you know you're poking the bear like you're doing it on purpose and in my situation with my ex-husband i would tell him like you're poking the bear on purpose yeah yeah because you want me to react you want me to go off you want me to go out of character you want me to get upset because that's where you are right now. It might not even be me that you're upset about, but you're bringing me in so that now I'm mad too. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to be here. Yeah. I don't like, you know, I don't need to be in this space. Yep. And it's, it's a, it's one of those things that, um, when you realize what's happening and you, um, just put a halt to it. It's like very empowering because it's like you see them, their whole demeanor changes, their whole behavior changes. And it's like you knew what you were doing this whole time. Exactly. And you you could see it. Like um, he was just very like, I don't, I don't want to say like meek or even, he was just very bewildered. I don't think he knew how to take me that last time he came over here. Like, if you're okay, I'm okay. But guess what? I'm going to be okay anyway, so hopefully you can get okay. Because this is what's going on around here. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it is empowering. And 
for when I decided, like, I'm not doing this anymore, I felt like a weight lift off of me. It was very freeing and... Absolutely. I just, you know, I now I have a whole list of signs to look out for, like, you know, immediately, you know, I mean, especially because when, you know, when everything started before, you know, the the babies and everything else, like, I felt like I was the greatest thing in the world. And, you know, like, I'm, I'm the best. Nobody's ever done it like me before and nobody ever will. And then all of a sudden I wasn't that person anymore. So it kind of, it conditions you to like accept these highs and lows Mm -hmm. and like I'm not built to have highs and lows and be on shaky ground and walking on eggshells yeah I I I I can't do it I don't know how I did it for as long as I did um yeah because you don't realize it and you just feel like this is just the situation that I'm in and it's gonna get better And you're going to, you know, realize what you're saying or what you're doing and everything's going to be fine tomorrow or something. And and it would be fine for like a hot minute and then it goes back to horrible. And working in the workbook, I'm like, wow, I feel like I might have like PTSD or something because it almost feels like maybe I I do. And well, I got to work through this because I can't. I can't be like this. And, yeah. you know, I got to refocus this energy. I got to refocus my, you know, regain my power. I, mm-hmm. There's things that I need to do and, you know, I need to do them now. And so this workbook, I'm like, I'm glad I got this. Yeah. So look how it's turned around and blessed me on the back end. I'm like, I'm so glad I got this and I'm yeah. working in it. And so now what's the name really of, um, what's the name of the workbook and like, where can people find it? Because oh, I'm sorry. Uh, hold on. Let me grab my workbook. It's called, it's all about the re it's a journaling to get my damn mind back. A self-healing workbook by Alcadera Cox. Okay. So I, so I know that she, um, she's on Instagram. Um, like if you uh, look up Dira Cox on Instagram, mm-hmm. she's um, you can probably easily find a link to get the workbook. Uh, this past eighteen months, it's it's been a blessing and sometimes a curse. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's been a blessing. I've been my son's teacher. Um, okay, you know, so you get that perspective. Yeah. Uh, so I've been like the teacher, the lunch lady, the recess lady, <laughs> I, you know. So you're like, okay, you get to know him from a different angle. So that was that was great. Yeah. But then, you know, you go through this isolation because, okay, we're cl- not, you know, we're inside the house. There's nothing open. Very little's open. If it is open, you don't want to go there. So it's, this has been quite a time quite a time so and how did he handle COVID like he he actually did better than me okay (laughs) so he was able to adjust to the homeschooling and I noticed a difference between um the end of his first grade year homeschooling Mm -hmm. and 
the full year he had, well, the end of his kindergarten homeschooling and the whole entire first grade year that he had. Mm -hmm. So there was definitely, there was a change in him and it was a good change. And it's like she took an interest in the things that were going on. Uh, he took an interest in some of his classes. He really liked art, you know, with Miss Wakachi. He really likes uh, he really liked Spanish because she would pick these cute little songs that we could sing. Mm -hmm. So it he adapted, and really, at the end of the day, that's a win. They For like... parents out there, you know, there are resources. Um, you you're gonna have you might have to do a little digging depending on where you live. Yeah. Um, but I found an awesome resource with the hospital system uh, that's based out of Delaware, Nemours. Um, it used to be DuPont, but, you know, now it's Nemours. Oh, okay. And there's everything under the sun available. Yep. And um, there's this thing they call ABCs. It's an appointment that I have as a parent every week on adaptive behavioral supports. Oh, and how, good. as a parent, how I can learn how to do things, how I can plan ahead and, uh, you know, help planning, help himself. So, and it has, I think, you know, that's something that has definitely changed, changed my life around here. Because it's like I, you know, sometimes felt like I was banging my head against the wall. Yeah. Like, you know, and I was like, wait a minute, I got to find somebody because... I'm not going to be able to help him if I don't change my point of view. Yeah. I got to start here because, you know, he's the child. He's the one's learning. So I go to my appointments every week faithfully. <laughs> and, you know, she helps, um, she helps me work through different situations and um, different regular everyday things that he has to do. It's, it's great. So parents, do your homework. Do a little digging. If you're on social media, there's lots of great um, pages that you can join and follow. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, and I, I think no more might actually have a page, but you know, Autism Speaks is a, a great one, and they're always throwing up resources and, and things like that. So, you have to, you know, do some like work and, you know, yeah, figure some things out. Yep. And if, you know, whenever um, this pandemic slows down, joining a parent group is always helpful, too. Um, just because, like, it's good to be able to vent to people who understand where you're coming from and don't feel yes. that you're, like, overreacting to things or that you're not being understanding. Um, I know a lot of parents who feel like Parents of atypical, um, I mean, sorry, parents of typical children um, judge them as if they are supposed to be like saints and never get frustrated or annoyed or bothered um, when they talk about things that their kids are doing. Um, so it's good to have a parent group of individuals who understand where you're coming from. Oh, yeah, I could, I could agree with that. And like you said, when it's safe to do these types of things again, that's definitely something I know I could benefit from. Yeah. Because, you know, it, it's great to connect to other moms. But like you said, if, you know, you have a child who's 
developing typically and I don't, you know, sometimes things are, aren't always going to mesh. Right. So it, it's, yeah, it's very important. So, yeah. uh, and they may have them now virtually. Um, we do a lot of things with our parent connect that are virtual. Uh-huh. So that may just be another thing that you just kind of look into something where you can pop in whenever you want. Um, on like zoom or something like that. Yeah, that's definitely worth looking into. Um, it's, it's always good to have just that extra layer of support. Absolutely. It really is. Yeah. You, you think though, well, that's too much. Nah, you know, you, you can always use extra support. Always. Yeah. And I think too, like not just for single uh, parents, like even parents who are together, um, yeah. moms are different than dads. So going yep. to a group that's for moms or going to a group that's for dads um, is beneficial because there are things that a dad feels that a mom won't understand and there are things that a mom feels that a dad won't understand. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, finding groups for moms and for dads, whether you're single or not, um, is really beneficial as well because, you know, there are, again, when you're venting or you're talking to people with, you know, neurotypical kids, they're not going to understand what you're saying and then yeah. in the same way their gripes about their kids seem minuscule to yours and so you don't understand where they're coming from either so, yeah I, that's a hundred percent hundred percent right so this was a very thorough conversation about two very important topics to me um especially coming from the the teacher side of um, working with kids on the spectrum. So hearing from a parent, um, talking about relationships and support and things that are important, I think it will help a lot of people. I definitely appreciate you being very transparent about talking about these topics. Um, I'm sure that they will help someone who is going through something similar um, to come out of it. Uh, I am going to get the information for the workbook uh, and I'm going to tag it on my page as well as on my um, website just so people will be able to utilize that as well because I think that um, taking those steps to really centering yourself are important no matter what's going on in your life. So. All right. Well, do you have any parting words before we end today? Like, um, if you're out there and you're you're doing this as a single parent or doing this as a couple, just you can really do this. You can really do this. Just get your plan of action and one day at a time. Absolutely. Well, again, Tabitha, thank you so much for uh having this discussion with me today oh you're welcome thank you so much and that's a wrap on another amazing episode i know that you were just as inspired as i was after listening to that conversation and to let us know how we're doing don't forget to leave us a review like 
share, and follow the podcast. Also, make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at The Black Girl Blogger and check out our website, www.theblackgirlblogger.com. And the most important step, make sure you share the podcast with someone you know and tell them to share with someone they know. And if you know someone who has an amazing story to tell, or if you yourself would love to tell your story, leave us a message on our website or any of our social media platforms so we can reach out to you and have you on the podcast. Until next time, peace out.